Cena speared. John Cena, while you you lay there, hopefully as uncomfortable as you possibly can be, I want you to listen to me. I want you to digest this because before I leave in three weeks with your WWE Championship, I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. I don't hate you, John. I don't even dislike you. I do like you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like most people in the back. I hate this idea that you're the best. Because you're not. I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. There's one thing you're better at than I am. And that's kissing Vince McMahon's ass. You're as good as kissing Vince's ass as Hulk Hogan was. I don't know if you're as good as Dwayne, though. He's a pretty good ass kisser. Always was and still is. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I am the best wrestler in the world. I've been the best ever since day one when I walked into this company and I've been vilified and hated since that day because Paul Heyman saw something in me that nobody else wanted to admit. That's right, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. You know who else was a Paul Heyman guy? Brock Lesnar. And he split, just like I'm splitting, but the biggest difference between me and Brock is I'm going to leave with the WWE Championship. I've grabbed so many of Vincent K. McMahon's imaginary brass rings that it's finally dawned on me that they're just that, they're completely imaginary. The only thing that's real is me, and the fact that day in and day out, for almost six years, I have proved to everybody in the world that I am the best on this microphone, in that ring, even at commentary. Nobody can touch me. And yet, no, how many, no matter how many times I prove it, I'm not on your lovely little collector cups. I'm not on the cover of the program. I'm barely promoted. I don't get to be in movies. I'm certainly not on any crappy show on the USA Network. I'm not on the poster of WrestleMania. I'm not in the signature that's produced at the start of the show. I'm not on Conan O'Brien, I'm not on Jimmy Fallon, but the fact of the matter is I should be, and trust me, this isn't sour grapes, but the fact that Dwayne is in the main event of WrestleMania next year, and I'm not, makes me sick. Oh, hey, let, let me get something straight. Those of you who are cheering me right now, you are just the biggest part of me leaving as anything else. Because you're the ones that are sipping out of those collector cups right now. You're the ones that buy those programs that my face isn't on the cover of. And then at 5 in the morning at the airport, you try to shove it in my face so you can get an autograph and try to sell it on eBay because you're too lazy to go get a real job.
I'm leaving with the WWE Championship on July 17th. And who knows, maybe I'll go defend it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe I'll go back to Ring of Honor. Hey, Colt Cabana, how you doing? The reason I'm leaving is you people, because after I'm gone, you're still going to pour money into this company. I'm just a spoke on the wheel. The wheel's going to keep turning, and I understand that. But Vince McMahon's going to make money despite himself. He's a millionaire who should be a billionaire. You know why he's not a billionaire? It's because he surrounds himself with glad-handing, nonsensical yes-men like John Laurinaitis, who's going to tell him everything that he wants to hear. And I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead, but the fact is, it's, it's going to get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. Let me tell you a personal story about Vince McMahon. And we're back. This podcast is scheduled for one fall. One fall! With 60-minute time limit. Coming out of the black corner at a combined weight of 666 pounds. I'm your boy Xander Hobbs, and I'm recording from the Drunken Clam. This is... Bobby. Freshly squeezed B. And I'm recording to you from your local Orange Julius. And once again, we are bringing you another edition of the Wrestleocalypse. It is upon us. All right, all right, all right. It's been a minute. Things are crazy once again. Back on the quarantine, Jones, but the Wrestleocalypse still keeps on rolling. Bobby, how's it going on your end? It's going good. It's going good. Uh, you know, the Prodigy has got more energy than uh, the Springfield nuclear plant, uh, but we're trying to keep her tamed. We've got her doing various things like... Uh, Large water slides, trampolining, you know, obviously getting her training in, um, trying to get her to do the, uh, you know, get her insecurity down. She's really struggling with, you know, the snap DDTs right now, but it's all about putting in hard work, you know? She'll get it down. She'll get it down. All right. Definitely. So let's keep these, let's not keep these jabronis waiting and let's hop into Wednesday night in America. Yes, the wrestling night we love it the most. Um, it's been a while since we talked, but basically they they did us a favor and we basically have some nice little packages to talk about. Do you want to talk about uh, the NXT side first or let's the Dynamite side? The NXT, let's talk about the NXT side first since there was a lot going on. Just a quick recap. We have a double champion in Keith Lee, who is now the North American and the NXT champion, who finally de dethroned Adam Cole, baby, in what was a great match. Io yes. I oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, uh, definitely props to Adam Cole, who held that strap for over a year. 
Uh, he was a really good champion. He was in some really good programs. I think he's the total package, probably. Uh, won't do anything at the main roster level, so I hope they keep him in NXT and let him. There's Now he can do so many more feuds, and they can kind of make Undisputed a little more jackally, if you will. I don't know. I just think, yeah. like, I thought it was a really good title run, though. I think he represented the, the championship well. Um, so, but I love Keith Lee, so... Yeah, the right guy took the right guy took him down, and it was great. And what was another awesome match? Io Shirai retained. Did she no? Did she win the title? Yeah, she won the title from. She won the title from Charlotte Flair first, right? Right. She won the triple threat, and then she retained against Sasha Banks, which was an awesome yeah. match. But uh, the the booking on the week one NXT with Charlotte not taking the pin. Yes, I remember we touched upon that. So, yeah. So, but Charlotte is out for the um, in, uh, indefinite time. I know we covered that. But anyways, so that was a big quick recap. Let's um, let's uh, go on to this week's episode of NXT. So we had two title matches. Um, those are the ones to pretty much talk about. Um, which one do you want to start with? Uh, I think, like, when these two gentle giants uh, wrestle, it's always good. Uh, Keith Lee defended both titles against his longtime nemesis and friend, Dominic Djokovic. Yes. Was, it, I didn't think it was their best match they've ever done. Absolutely not. No, it wasn't. Um, it was a dominating win for what Keith Lee needed, and then they set up the tease for Karrion Cross to be the next challenger, which I think is way too early. Um, way too early. And he mo way too early for him. And then he mowed down Djokovic in the back, which was I, which Helen Keller saw that coming. But, um, yeah, they better slow down with Karrion Cross because it's, he's just mo they're moving way too fast with this guy. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like, you know, I wonder if they've heard all of the rumblings about people don't want to go to WD NXT because they get buried. They have to pay their dues, even though they've already established themselves in the professional wrestling game as being stars, you know? And right. so I wonder if maybe they're pushing former killer cross carrying cross fast but they've also they've it's also a package deal right so they're getting yeah, they like they like scarlet or whatever her name is so i mean vince is going to take one look at her and then they're going to shoot her up to the main roster so that's what's really going to happen with those two that's why they probably have the fast track on him which i think is a mistake but anyways um it was a good match and then before we get into the next title match though Damian Priest and uh, Cameron Grimes had a good match, and I like the Damian Priest face turn. So that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, he wasn't getting any traction. So at some point, you got to try to flip the script a little bit, you know? Yeah. Has, and I think he has he, good I, he, he's, he's more comfortable on the mic, you know, what I've noticed with this face turn. So it's um it's a it's a good call. And it's it's hard with the crowd, but like he seems to be picking up steam. So it's pretty good. But um Next thing we got is uh, Io Shirai. She defended against Tegan Knox, and which was it was a it was a pretty dominant title defense, which it should have been. But you know, Io Shirai should hold that for a while. I don't know what you think, but no, I liked it. But I liked how you know we kind of skipped over it. But they had at, uh, at what is it? Is it the Bash of Bash of America, Bash for America, Great American Bash? Yeah, there we go. The, uh, they had that four-way women's to get to face Io Shirai, and that was a very good match that set up yeah. two good stories. It, well, it set up one story, which then was the Mia Kim 
and Candice LeRae right. uh, street match, which is meh. But, I mean, they're obviously going to continue that feud, which we tasted a little earlier. But then they also kind of wrapped up the, the Tegan Knox uh, history, Bad Blood, with um, Dakota Kai. They sure did. Yeah. And then, and then, um, obviously, at the end of NXT, we saw you know Dakota Kai, you know, jump. Uh, what's her face, Io Shirai? So I guess she's next in line for a title match. So you know, it was they weren't going to top their Great American Bash, which everyone knew, but it was a good um, let me up um, version um, episode of NXT, so to speak. I thought. Yeah, I did too. And and you know, they we saw some different faces. Yeah, you know, which is good. We saw Timothy Thatcher and Denzel Dujanay. Um, So, and then you know, the rumors are that uh, they're they're basing the Robert Stone character on Tony Khan, which That's kind right. of is like a like a like oh because the rumors were that Brody Lee was basically portraying a version of Vince McMahon uh, as the leader of the Dark Order. So, I think that was yeah. pretty funny. Uh, it kind of gives a little a, the rivalry a little bit of a juice if they're going back and forth at each other. Um, and doing it in fun ways like this, not trying to like alter their programming or, you know, push yeah, they the gotta, wrong. They, they got to do what they can without the crowd. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty entertaining. You know what I mean? But, um, moving on from NXT, we're going to go to AEW, which I thought was a great episode. We had the fight for a fallen for the fallen. That yeah. was it, right? That was the one. Mm-hmm. So go, you started off. Tell, tell me what you liked about it. Tell me what the spots and botches were. Um, Spots were basically definitely. I love that FTR Lucha Brothers match, and I loved the six man tag team match with the Elite versus Jurassic Express. Yeah, I think with every, I think you know, I, I like AEW a lot. <clears throat> I think they've got a good mix of well known veterans, indie guys that, that you know from other promotions who are getting kind of their first crack at like the big time, and then they've got this incredible stable of early 20s talent. like mjf and jungle boy you know and then you look at when you look at this ftr versus lucha brothers match this is just like this is a match we probably wanted to see for years right right and it's cool because of the contrast of styles because you have you know you have the lucha brothers who are all over the place and ftr is more like a you know hard-hitting like fucking ass kicking shit and like it ended up being a good match so i don't know they they know they know how to book right the good matches. Like like I said, my only problem with them is like not every match needs to be like twenty to twenty five minutes long. You know what I mean? And it's like sometimes they get a little spot heavy with that super Canadian destroyer in the elite match. I know I'm jumping around. I was like, man, that should have. And there's three moves in that that should have ended the fucking match. But that's what they do, and that's their thing. Yeah, I like the I like the deal with Kenny Omega at the end because he's he's slowly turning. So that that's some good character development right there. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, you know, I just think overall their tag the tag team talent they have, whether in this, you know, we go back and uh the match I think two weeks ago, best friends, yes, it was best friends versus um Hangman Page and Kenny Omega was fantastic. Good match, super, good super, match. super good. Yeah. Um so just their tag team, which we've said all along this entire since they've kind of fired up just that that it is unparalleled in other from other promotions how good it is. Um, no, for sure. What, what isn't as good is their women's division and the Nightmare Sisters match oh, was atrocious. God. 
those they put the two worst wrestlers together and they actually gave them screen time which i i was just like i think i fast forwarded because as much as brandy rhodes is easy to look at she is fucking dog shit in the ring and ali is not much better so it's us yeah i don't know what they're fucking doing with their women's division kenny omega i mean he's he's supposedly booking it and he's doing an awful job and we'll get into that in the mailbag it's a little foreshadowing yeah though uh interested to i mean I have kind of negative memories of Vicky Guerrero when she was the manager and the squawking and the screaming and excuse me. But I mean, Nyla Rose needs something and maybe, maybe Vicky Guerrero is that something that kind of helps develop her a little bit more, you know? Yeah. I like, I like how they're bringing the managers back, you know, with different aspects of it. Like, you know, with Taz and Vicky Guerrero, they're like the mouthpieces because Cage and Nyla can't really talk on the mic. What Arn Anderson's doing with Cody Rhodes is good because he's kind of like in the background. And it looks like they're making a slow burn for a Cody Rhodes heel turn, which I think he has to do when once he's done running through everyone. He goes heel and then he runs through the baby faces. I don't know. They're just like little snippets that I can see. And that's pretty cool because Cody Rhodes is pretty much being a heel with the way he's booking himself. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I was kind of thinking about it when I was preparing for today. We were complaining that, like, you know, the Young Bucks didn't win ever. And, like, Omega was winless for a long time. And now it's like they've definitely flipped the script a little bit. Yeah, and that's like, that's, that's why I was saying it's like, in any, in any event, like, the elite should definitely be going over, you know, Jungle Boy and, uh, was a Jurassic Express, so like that was booked yeah. properly. In the beginning, yeah, they were just like I don't know. There's a, di- they, I think they're like pretty much doing like paint by numbers right now, learning as they go with the booking way of doing things. But it's just like people, if you're trying to get Kenny Omega over, and I know I'm jumping ahead of myself, people don't know who he is in North America unless you're like into fucking pro wrestling. So if like someone's new to wrestling and they see Kenny Omega, they're like. Who is this guy who just fucking does weird shit with his hands and flips around? You know, I mean, they don't know how like good he is. So it's they got to switch it up at some point. And when I think they're doing that. So that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then obviously we had the uh, Orange Cassidy continues to get under the skid of Le Champion. Yes. So. pretty funny segment and anytime chris jericho is yelling on the mic i think it's fucking hilarious so that was that was a good segment just don't put orange cassidy in the main event again so i mean and i know that was a i know that was an audible because mox couldn't make it to the original um showtime so you know i'm not going to get on them too much for that no and orange cassidy performed he he performed well it was a good match people who didn't know orange cassidy who were tuning in or didn't know if he could wrestle. They thought it was just the shtick because they hadn't gone on the YouTube machine and seen right. this dude wrestle. They got to exactly. see this guy. So that was cool. But uh, the last two things to talk about, Cody Rhodes went over against Sonny Kiss. The little wrinkle with, you know, Arm not very being very happy with how Cody was executing the game plan. Right. Coaching him up. And, you know, I mean, I like Sonny Kiss. Um, yeah, he's good. Um, it's, it's very flamboyant, um, you know, but yeah, he's good. There's good in the ring and it was a good match. Um, 
it it went a little too long, but I know he's trying to like put over these guys and stuff like that. But I don't know, maybe it's just the ADHD in me where I can't keep my attention span up. So, you know, but anyways, it was a good episode of AEW. I thought it was better than NXT. And well, we got lots of things to talk about. What? Cage Mox. Yeah, that's right. We forgot to talk about that one. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it was hard to get into that match because, you know, I didn't really see Cage taking the belt off Mox. And it's really, it's really hard to, like, get into matches when you know what the outcome is. Like, Cage had no chance of winning that match. Mox just got there, strapped. There was no feud. There was no, like, it didn't fill, it didn't check all the boxes. No. And I wonder almost if they used it, they're trying to introduce Brian Cage to people who didn't, don't know who Brian Cage is. And then now they've got a Darby Allen Brian Cage feud. And Moxie moves on to whoever the next yeah. single feud is. The thing is, why didn't you? St why didn't they start the feud with Cage and D R Allen? That's the one thing like that a AEW isn't doing it right. They're introducing these like killers, and then they fight the big matches, and then they lose. And then so what happens next? You can't put a period after every fucking feud. Like you have to put a comma. Like you know, have him take the shit, take out Darby Allen like he did, and then move on. And it's just like so you have all these like big ass dudes that lose big matches it's like it's hard it's gonna be hard for people to get into like i don't know that's just me yeah and i thought they got a little too cute with the you know with the throwing in the towel thing yeah if you, if you were gonna yeah. have darby allen come back just have him interfere and be a dq or you know exactly. i don't know if i don't know but, like i mean that's that's for them to figure out because it's like if yeah. i can see it you know, then I don't know. It's just like, it just, it doesn't, it, it like, it, it makes it not watchable for me because it's like, you see these big dudes, they come in and wrestle for the title. They're monsters. They blow through everyone and then they lose. And then it's like, what do they do from there? You don't gain any traction as a character. If whatever those things at Game of Thrones, like lost in the first season, why would you watch it? You know what I mean? You have to like, there's gotta be some like continuity to the story. So I don't know. I'm just in a weird mood and I'm nitpicking everything. So yeah, but I agree. I mean, they kind of did the same thing with Lance Archer. Oh, yeah. You know? They did the same so. thing with Brody. You know, same thing with um, Wardlow. Well, you know, it's just like, it's just, yeah, they'll figure it out. So so that was Wednesday, Wrestling did, Night in America. Yes, I did like when uh, Big Money, Matt Hardy, and MJF had their little interaction. That was funny. That, that was funny. funny. Yeah, I uh, like schizophrenic 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 Hardy Hardy. Is funny. So, yeah, it's awesome. And then we have um, the the other big big promotions with the SmackDown and the Raw. Um, yeah, I'm ex I like I like the AJ Styles Matt Riddle feud. I like both those guys. Yeah, I think. And then what Becky and Sasha Banks, not Becky, Bailey and Sasha Banks are doing is good. Like, Raw's, uh -huh. Raw's been, like, hit or miss. So it's been, like, it, it's been, like, digestible, I guess you could say. So, I mean. Uh, and then, obviously, like, how they're writing this Braun Strowman, uh, Bray Wyatt, Swamp thing is cool. Yeah, that, that, should be, that, should be, that should be pretty good. Like, yeah, it, it's, not, it's not too bad. You know, that, that, they've no. been doing all right on that end. And I feel that, like, nobody wants to see another... Get Braun Strowman out of the ring, you know? 
I think it may be more compelling to be get more cinematic, you know, versus yeah. like because he's boring does, as shit. It does, dude. Help, it does help these guys that are fucking really limited in the ring or like old when you throw it on like that. You know what I mean? So it's it's helping them. It's just like just you just know like it's WWE, so like they're gonna take something that works and then they're gonna do it over and over again until you know it's not cool anymore. But you know. I'll enjoy it while it lasts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then one thing I didn't like, I don't like uh, Kevin Owens is wrestling Seth Rollins again. Yeah. I don't understand what the deal with that is. And I just, I just want Seth Rollins off my screen. Like I'm really tired of seeing him and listening to him talk. And I just want him gone. Like, you know, just do like a stretcher angle and be done with it. He's got a pregnant wife at home. They, they can both go away. I've been saying this like for months. Yeah. And then obviously, I mean, there's no way Dolph Ziggler goes over Drew McIntyre. So there's not going on there um, for, you know, the biggest title in the company, apparently. (laughs) There's that. Um, But yeah, all in all, man, they've kind of, I thought the last couple weeks in general, since last we spoke, have been really good all the way around. I think there's something worth watching on every single show. Um, yeah. And then I haven't had a chance to really dive into it. I've just kind of been checking it out on the Twitter sphere and whatnot. But New Japan is wrestling again. Uh, yeah. I read so about that. Stuff going. Yeah. I've been like getting like little snippets of it. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I still have to get um, that New Japan world once I get some time and then get caught up on that. But, yeah, they've been doing their thing, so we'll see what happens with New Japan and shit. Yeah, and then um, you know, I guess I guess we'll talk about it probably in, in the second half. But uh, Impact has had a lot of turmoil. Yeah, their 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 roster is just, their roster is super thin. But you know, I mean, Impact Wrestling has been on life support for like fucking years. So I mean, I mean. Uh-huh. If, Hopefully they can get over this because they have a good product. They just they took big hits losing Tessa Blanchard and Michael Elgin. So I don't know. We'll get more into that in the mailbag. But I don't know if there's not anything else that you want to touch on. This first, we got one half down. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Um, no, no, not that I can think of. Uh, we'll save it for the coolest shit this side of the Mississippi coming up next. All right, I'm going to take a powder, and we'll see you on the second half.
Once again, we're back with your favorite segment, my favorite segment, the Dark Lord's favorite segment. What do we like to call it, Bobby? Cool motherfucking shit. And what do we start out cool shit with? Special delivery. It's the motherfucking mailbag. All right. And we got a doozy for you, job today. All right. First question is from TBM. It says... With Tessa Blanchard and Michael Elgin being released from Impact, where do you think Tessa Blanchard lands? Do you think she lands in the WWE? What are your guys' thoughts? Bobby, I'll let you start. Um, so I think there's probably... She'll have the pick of where she wants to go. Depending, I think that every promotion is going to want her, obviously, except for Impact. Um, right. But I mean, really, she's what she didn't like. She didn't really have a lot of success at WWE, and I think no. one of the reasons, one of the she reasons had, why she had attitude issues. So, like, I mean, so you know, but like WWE is doing this thing now because they're gonna freak out because Becky Lynch is gone and Charlotte's gone, so they might just bite the bullet and pick her up, and they, you know they're gonna give her. But and but the thing is with AEW, they've got deep pockets too, but their women's division is trash. But her dad's on that company, though. So it's like, it's weird. I don't know where she'll land. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I don't either. Um, I'm probably leaning toward AEW because her dad's there because the money's maybe a little bit less, but it won't be that much less. Um, I think she probably has a greater... I know Tony Khan has said he doesn't want to, but Kenny Omega said he does want to. Intergender wrestling, there'll probably be more opportunities at AEW that aren't gimmicky. You know, and I mean, I'd like to see her wrestle, you know, I think she could, she, I think she'd be great against, she could obviously be the person who takes the strap off of Nyla Rose, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, Sheeta, but it's like, I think if she she goes, she should be in the women's division. And so she should be done with this intergender stuff for now and just be back in being in the women's division because it's like, I don't know. The, um, a, um, Impact Wrestling kind of was a blessing in disguise getting rid of her because they fucking booked themselves in a corner. So having her have this long title reign and it's just like, you know, and they didn't really do it correctly. You know what I mean? They just put the belt on her to get fucking clicks and then they didn't know what to do from there. That's what I thought they did with it. Yeah, but I think that's also you could say almost it's like Impact definitely struggles with some of their booking issues. The only the only yeah. thing they're booking correctly is the North. So I mean that's that's about it. <laughs> I I'm excited about Jordan Grace and Deanna Parazzo. That's gonna be a good match. And then that match for the impact title, you know what I mean? I think they're gonna strap Ace Austin 
they should strap him or Trey from the rat from the Rascals. I like the, you- I like what they're doing with these guys. So it's not like Impact's got shitty shit. They're just like they're just like they're just always constantly on life support. So it's like I yeah, mean, they're, they're they're constantly losing the, their talent. Like Drew McIntyre, and you go down the list of like people who like get strapped, and like four months later, here they are, WWE. That's that's what happens with Impact because, like, you know what I mean? They they can only pay with Monopoly money for so long, and you know, once WWE and AEW come knocking, and then it's a wrap because these guys need to eat. You know what I mean? They need to buy their steroids. They need to buy you know whatever. So it's yeah. Just, that so was- Brian Cage. Brian Cage needed more money to buy more steroids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, people. You heard it here first. Breaking news in the mailbag. Yeah. So when but he honestly, tests, when he, I think this is dirty. You heard it first. Yeah. Uh, uh, Impact, Impact needs the least amount of problems And Tessa Blanchard became a problem for him She didn't cut her promos She's not coming back from Mexico until she gets married Because she doesn't want to get stuck in America And God, Why would you want to be stuck in Mexico though? Oops Well, I, like you know, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure She's in a nice place In Mexico Yeah, that's why I like detracted what I said So <laughs> <laughs> Like <laughs> All right. All right. That's that's the end of that. Thank you for the question. This next yeah. one, this next one is from Make Wrestling Great Again. And he asks a very heavy question. So with Sammy Guevara uh, suspended, because as you know, like quick backtrack, he got suspended for things that he said a couple years ago. Um, he's suspended without pay and they're donating his pay to some battered women's thing. But Jimmy Havoc, who was accused of sexually assaulting someone, and then has substance abuse issues, is in rehab, but is still getting a check. So what are your guys' thoughts on this whole controversy? Um, did, you get, did you get all that? Yeah, I mean, like, I think, they, I think they both shouldn't be on TV, so I think that's good. I think that, um, you know, like, if you look at what Tony Khan said, he was very clear that they looked at this as very different situations um i imagine they have very different contracts jimmy havoc though kind of maybe not a mainstream guy he's well known in wrestling he's been around a long time um so he probably has a different contract than sammy Guevara that may mean that he like makes it hard in a situation where it is rumor innuendo he didn't break the law like per se he didn't get he didn't get prosecuted so they may have to pay him and they send him to counseling yeah but the thing is jimmy havoc has been accused multiple times of doing whatever you know what i mean i'm not saying he did or didn't but he has been so he's gone but he's getting a paycheck while sammy Guevara is suspended without pay for something that he said four years ago he did not rape sasha banks he said something very stupid but they just it doesn't make any sense. The numbers don't add up with the way they're punishing both of these guys. Jimmy Havoc's not even being punished, honestly. He he decided to go to rehab. So do you get what I'm saying? It's it doesn't add up. I'm not accusing no, anything. What? No, I I understand. No, I totally get what you're saying. And I you know, um, I bet Sammy Guevara will wrestle for AEW before Jimmy Havoc does. And I don't know if Jimmy Havoc would wrestle for AEW again. I mean, Cody Rhodes has already basically come and said, like, he's going to learn his lesson and he's going to be back. And, you know, I think 
Sammy Guevara has a lot of days in his career ahead of them. And this could... What's, yeah, you know what I mean? I mean what AEW's got to stop doing is being so... I hate using this word, but I have to, for lack of a better term, woke. You know what I mean? So it's just because they're painting themselves in corners. They're like suspending a guy for one thing, doing this for another thing. It's just like, just cut it down the middle and do what you have to do. I don't think anything should have happened to Sammy Guevara. It was a retarded thing that he said, but... You know, he's, he, you know, people say stupid things like, and I don't believe that that should have happened. They're just kind of like, they feel like they got egg on their face. So that was just like a, that was to reciprocate it, I guess. I don't know. I don't agree with the whole thing. That's just me though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a tough pill to swallow because you, you know, they're not being, they're not being a hundred percent transparent about why they're making the decision. You come out and right. say, well, they're different circumstances. Yeah, but when you look at the circumstances, you you like you switch the punishment for the crimes. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, yeah, suspend the guy or whatever, but like, don't not pay him. Don't donate his paycheck somewhere. You know what I mean? While you're like still paying Jimmy Havoc, who you know yeah. who you know who probably has the higher percentage of doing something. Sammy Guevara did nothing. He just said something stupid. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. It's just it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. But but I think we even when we talked about Tessa Blanchard's attitude issues and some of the things, one thing as we are empathetic toward really young people forced into these stressful situations, like don't judge somebody for what they say when they're eighteen. You know, it's like mean. Yeah, I mean, and especially when you're trying to be funny, trying to be a character, trying to impress someone, like judge acts of violence against people it's like now they say like actually yeah i mean yeah i don't know words hurt and stuff like that but you know young people they don't they don't necessarily have you know it takes a while to grow into yourself but i look forward to seeing sammy Guevara coming back he always had fire sneakers and i you know i really enjoyed um his the his last couple matches yeah, he was he was on a roll till this shitstorm went down. So I mean, hopefully he can get back on track, which he probably will. He's a young cat, so he'll probably be right back in there. So yeah, but I definitely think that the uh, inner circle misses something without him. Yeah, they are because he was the one that was actually benefiting for it. Santana and Ortiz are just kind of jobbers, so it's just like I mean, Guevara was the only one that was like benefiting, and you know, Jack. Yeah, and he and he really fits in with like Chris Jericho's kind of like overly heelish side, and Sammy Guevara singing the Judas song when they came out, yep. the sex the god. Guy. The guy can, the guy can, he can do every wrestling move in the book. Like, yep. I mean, he's very technically sound, and he's got a punchable face, so everything works out. So yeah, you know, he can, just... and he can sell good. Yeah, exactly. So, so we'll we'll see him back soon. All right, last yes. question. On the mailbag, this one is from Gummy Gomes. It's um, you guys have touched on your Mount Rushmore. You did it twice. Who are your Mount Rushmore of tag teams? Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? You can start. Are you gonna go? Are you gonna go through all, all all five of them, or four of them? I'm sorry. I'll go. I'll just go four of them, and then you can go four of them. Um, so this one's kind of a tough one, but I went over it, but then I forgot it. But no. So here we go. So number one is the Heart Foundation. Obviously, you know, there's no explanation needed. Number two, the Road Warriors. 
Um, you know. And number three, the Midnight Express. And number four, drum roll please, the Dudley Boys. So there you go. If you don't know who those tag teams are, do your research. I'm not going to explain it. The Google machine's your friend. You can go back into other episodes. We've explained it ad nauseum. Bobby, your turn. Yeah, so I definitely, I also had the Heart Foundation and Legion of Doom. Um, I think, obviously, when you talk about the Midnight Express and the Dudley Boys, uh, you know, especially Midnight Express, that was not really like a generation that I was really super into. Um, right. My third is the Hardy Boys. Because ah. uh, I think they really represent that era and how they, they yeah. pushed, like, obviously. Uh, and then the fourth, I really struggled with the fourth one. Um But I, I mean, I gotta go with my favorite intercontinental champion, Marty Jannetty, and that jabroni he pulled to superstardom. Uh, what was his name? Last name Michaels, or right? Yeah, Mike Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Yep. So you're going with the Rockers. I like that. The Rock. Like it. I like it. Yep. I, like yours, I like yours too, man. And. Uh, I, the Dudley boys are, I mean, they're woven throughout all these great matches and programs and you start getting, going back and like remembering it all, you know? Yeah. The reason why I have the Dudley boys in it just is and because it's like, it's the same reason, like almost what they have the road warriors besides the road warriors being innovative. The Dudley boys have won tag team titles at every single promotion that they've been at. They're the most decorated tag team in the game. And, you know, they, Bubba Ray Dudley is known for getting nuclear heat when he had to cut that promo at Heat Wave 99. So, um, yeah, a lot of people don't like that pick, but, you know, just look at the numbers and look at them and look what they did. You know what I mean? It's just the, the proof's in the pudding, so to speak. So there's that. Uh, just remember that if you want to send your questions into the mailbag, you can get at me on uh, Xander Hobbs on the Instagram machine or Hobbs Xanders on the Twitter machine. Bobby, where can they locate you? Yeah, WrestleOclipse on the IG and the Twitter machine. Yeah. Send, them, send us every kind of question. Good, bad, smart, funny, dumb. And if they're really dumb, we'll give you a burial. So there you have. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Coming up next on Cool Shit after the mailbag, we go with Matt. Of the week. Oh, we've got a doozy this week. This is going to be yeah. a good one. Start yeah. it off because I'm really excited about it. So I'm going to let you do yeah. it. So um, we've talked about it for, since really since the uh, you know the pandemic has started. Um, Marty Scroll has really uh, really been doing great work on their you the ring of honor youtube channel and he's just been releasing things and they got some amount of followers i don't know five hundred thousand, i think and so he put out the um aj style or i'm sorry not aj Styles, samoa joe versus cm punk uh the first match they had uh punk challenging for joe's title um and it's freaking awesome it's yeah, I, got, like, I got goosebumps when you were describing it because i hadn't seen that match in a minute and i remember that's when i was really getting into like you know all this all this like not really underground wrestling but like kind of independent wrestling and ring of on i remember watching that match for the first time and it's like 
man, that's just like a throwback to like good old school wrestling. The match went like an hour and some change. And like, yeah. And, and like one, you know, bleach blonde, long hair, CM Punk and a slim er, some of Joe, he was so fast and agile, like, and just, but the old school stuff, like face washing CM Punk with his boot. And then the way, like they interacted with the dude in the crowd, he made the guy flinch and then CM Punk came up to shake his hand and then didn't, um, really cool. And then just like, I mean, it takes, they obviously are excellent, excellent wrestlers, probably Hall of Famers, some of the best. Yeah, and it was a good, it was a throwback to, like, old school wrestling and shit that I grew up watching, you know what I mean? Because it's like, we've gotten so used to this WWE formula where it's like, uh, bing, bang, boom, and, like, in eight minutes, the match is over, and there's nothing. And, like, the, the story, like, it told a good story, it progressed into a trilogy, you know what I mean? Because they just tore the roof off the place, and it, like... It, it's right up there. It made my um, it made my list of like best trilogy matches. If you could go back in the archives and listen to the podcast, because that one's it's not the same as Steamboat Flair, but it's right right along there. You know what I mean? Just with match quality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And you know, I was kind of uh, trying to get a little bit of backstory on it. CM Punk really hadn't been in the promotion for very long, um, and he was a tag team champion as well um but yeah definitely just uh a great great match sorry i had to run to the bathroom yeah oh no so, it's, all, it's all good yourself, i just want to make sure it's still there yeah do yourself but, a favor whoever's listening out there all you guys and go on ring of honors youtube machine be a subscriber and check out the matches that they're doing all those guys you see in the wwe cut their teeth in ring of honor and i'm talking about daniel bryan CM Punk, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Cesaro, Chris Hero. I can keep going. But just right. do yourself a favor. It's free. And if you're a big pro wrestling fan, you'll appreciate that. Big ups to Marty Scroll for doing that. Yes, indeed. But it was it's a great, great match. Um, two legends. And to see them at that point in their career just put on a clinic for an hour, like, yeah. fantastic. And it was an hour that moves quick. You know what I mean? I've watched 10-minute matches that move like molasses. But, like, that hour is just full of, like I said, storytelling, and it moves along nicely. So do yourself a favor. If you have nothing to do, which I'm sure you don't because they shut down everything again, go on the YouTube machine and watch that match. Yeah, and the last thing I want to say about it, nobody kicked out of a finisher. Yeah, so, fancy there that. wasn't like false finishes. It was like it was a good yeah. wrestling match. CM Punk using that side headlock, going back to it, back to it. Uh, yeah. Just really good, really good. Um, but that's the match of the week. We'll get another one for you next week. Uh, we move on as we often do to fire sneakers. And uh, we've had a couple weeks, and I have to say though, who consistently brings the heat with fire sneakers rocking. Alternate color J1s mostly, but it is the role model. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Those are off and the hook. This last episode, her minion um, was also wearing sick J1s. That's got to be like the pro, pro wrestler uniform. It's like Jordan 1s because I was on the Instagram machine the other day and I follow Liv Morgan. And she just got these custom Jordan ones that she did, which are pretty dope. But it's just like, 
like you said, like we said last time, let's get some variety in there. Let's see some fours. Right. Let's see some fives. Let's see like Bianca Belair with her thirteens, you know, or elevens. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry, elevens. So, um, yes, because uh, Private Party, uh, he was wearing custom fives when yes. they when they wrestled uh, red fives, um, which were nice. Which were nice. I mean, they were red, but uh, they were still good. And then also, you know. Kofi Kingston wears a lot of Adidas, but he came out and was wearing um, the wing, these winged Adidas that um, I don't know if they're fire, but they certainly caught my eye. Um, yeah, he's worn those before. Like he had a couple, he had another pair of winged shoes that he wore before. I don't think they're fire, but yeah, they're definitely, you definitely notice them. So, but uh, again, a lot of the, the dudes who wrestle and girls who wrestle in Fire Seekers haven't been they 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 aren't they aren't wrestling right now, you know. So yep. we're getting a little bit of it. Like we haven't seen, which I I miss the Viking Prophets, but um, the Street Prophets they have been known to wear decent shoes. And then obviously uh, Dolph Ziggler often would wear the ones. Kofi Kingston wears some heat. Yeah. He was wearing. Yeah, I think two weeks ago, three weeks ago, he's wearing. He likes to wear the uh, the, the Damian Lillards. So wear the Dames, the new Dames. Yeah, but um, like I said, since we haven't seen Bianca Belair because she had those fresh Elevens, you know what I mean? She had the best fire sneakers on the planet so far. So yeah, yeah. I mean, but definitely, uh, I'd like to see somebody come out in some dunks or something. Like fire sneakers just aren't Jordans, you know? know Not just know. basketball shoes, but you know. Who's booking this crap anyways? As That's we like to say. But now since we got our fire sneakers on, we got to walk to the ring. So what are we coming out to? Um, well, I know what you're coming out to. Yeah. So uh, why don't you, why don't you uh, start it off? Yeah, I went on a little, I like to go on little kicks when I get into like, listen to bands and stuff like that. So I went on a little twisted kick today. And um, I just, this song's pretty cool because um, it just, you know, when you get stressed out and you read the lyrics and, but like, it's kind of uplifting at the same time in a weird sort of way. Um, but you don't have to take my word for it because you're going to listen to a snippet of it right now. Tribulations lead I vow to be one of the greatest ever grab a mind and fight for we all the night screaming in the face of human race is wasted no one gives a shit what to erase 
Yeah, and that pretty much says it all. Now, they're clowns. No, they're not. They're not clowns. They, but they're they, paint so their they paint their face, but they're not clowns. Gotcha. Okay. And they are associated with ICP. Not, they haven't been associated with them in years. They're on their own record label called Magic Ninja Entertainment. They, they jumped from psychopathic because um, ICP was actually screwing them over. So there's a little fun fact of the day for you guys. So Magic Ninja Entertainment, Twisted, check them out. Awesome, awesome. I'm, uh, I'm also going with some hip-hop. I recently Ice. found out, um, you know, uh, the Jigga. Jay-Z, Hove, he was the owner of Tidal, so for a long time you could not find his music on any streaming um, platform other than Tidal, but I'm not going to pay for Tidal. I pay for nope. Spotify. I'm on Spotify. So, luckily I recently was introduced. I learned that his music is back on. He's all over Spotify, so I've been checking it out, and I have to go with a classic. For me, classic. I know everyone got gets into it differently but um i gotta go i'm coming out to dirt dirt off your shoulder off the black album uh, i really love the black album dirt off your shoulder is um it's just a damn good song and that's what i'm coming out to and i can come out in like a leather jacket i can do the thing shoulder so it'd be cool wearing fire sneakers there we go let's hear it I was very like I've been kind of binging on on the Jay Z stuff. It's like I don't know. He's he's up there. I don't know if he's as good as people think he is. I, that's where I was. That's where I'll agree with you. Like he's he's good, but he's not that good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think he gets credit for rapping because he was such an amazing businessman. And I I think that that's not like you got to take one or the other. It's that's not what like, I mean. You know, you put them up against like any MC like Nas or like Slim Shade. You know, just you can go down the list of MCs that are better than them. But as a businessman, the guy's good. So I got to give him props yeah. for that. And and definitely like uh, uh, he's better than a lot. Like he's better yeah. than Macklemore. I'll tell you that. Like he's better than who? Macklemore. Oh, of course. I'm better than Macklemore. So. <laughs> But I, you know, there's a lot, the thing is when you go through it, 
there's a lot of songs that when I hear them, it take me back to you know when the shit uh, came out. And for sure, for sure. So he gets the nod for me this time, and that's how we do it. So now we're in the ring. So inside the ring, if you don't mind. So this is like um we haven't recorded in a while, and this one just came up. So. If you don't mind, inside the ring, we got to tell our listeners that we're coming up on one year of the WrestleOcalypse being a thing. Are you cool yeah. with that? Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah, so we've been doing this shit for a year. Um, it's really been awesome. You know what I mean? Like when Bobby first came up to me with the idea, like I was stoked because um, if you listen to the Anchor Machine, I was doing it by myself and I was like kind of struggling for a minute. But this has been cool and it's just like, We've just like evolved into something that I can be proud of and it's only going to get better. So be sure to listen to us next week because we're going to have also our third member of the WrestleOclipse, Mr. Tony Bloodbath, and also the fourth, Betty Rebel. So we're all going to make an appearance for the year in review of the WrestleOclipse. I don't know, Bobby, what do you got to say about it? Yeah, definitely. And uh, I don't, I'm not making any promises, but I've been doing some research and I feel that we may be doing uh, we may do, be doing some of it live on the Instagram machine, but we're gonna have to work out on those technicalities uh, yep. in the near future. But as always, thank you so much for everybody who tuned in and listened to what we have to say. Um, it, it really means a lot that we can bless you with our time, um, teach you about wrestling, really make you better human beings. I would say. Absolutely, you're absolutely correct. I couldn't have said it better myself, and I'm not going to be able to top that. So on that note. Yours truly, Xander Hobbs. Ours truly, Bobby B. in this life. And we'll see you next time.